You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, The Daily Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. Tonight, we are in part seven of a series that we're calling Origin. Tonight, I've titled the message, Not Able to Resist. Now, I purposely spelled Abel, A-B-E-L. That was not a typo. I'm talking about the individual named Abel tonight. We're going to talk about Cain and Abel and their relationship, and then what does that look like to our lives. We are in part seven. We are in chapter four. It's amazing. We finally made it to chapter four. So according to my research, we only have 46 more weeks of the book of Genesis. Actually, I have no idea how long it's going to last. We may be in here until Jesus returns. We may be in here three more weeks. We may be in here another year and a half. I have no idea. We're simply going to take the time to process through this great book. I simply want to absorb as much of God's word out of this great book as we possibly can. Because I truly believe that God has something that we can learn about the book of Genesis. A book that way too often we just simply fly by. We pick up a couple great stories here and there, but really we just pass by them and don't give them the the emphasis that they deserve. But tonight I'm going to look at the topic of anger. Genesis chapter 4, we find two brothers. One brother jealous of the other brother. For the first time, we see anger take root in somebody's life. You see, up to this point, we have seen disobedience, we have seen fear, we've seen blame, we've even seen punishment. But it's not until chapter 4 that we hear about anger taking root in someone's life. Again, two brothers, Cain and Abel. Let's take a look at their story tonight. Genesis chapter 4, beginning the second portion of verse 2. It says, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time to harvest, Cain presented some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain or his gift. This made... Important word there. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Let me read that again. Sin is crouching at the door. It's it's hanging out in your environment. It's looking for an opportunity to pounce. It's eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. How many of you know if you don't take authority over sin, it will defeat you? One day Cain... Suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. Probably something they had done hundreds of times. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, 
Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed. You are banished. You are banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. No matter how hard you work, from now on, you will be homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. Let me give you a little thought here tonight as we begin to look at the idea of anger. No one, absolutely nothing, can ever make you angry. Listen carefully. How many of you said, you make me so mad? You just infuriate, you just make me so angry. Have you ever said that? Did you know that no one can make you angry? You have a choice of how you will respond. You have a choice of how you will react and what you will do in any given situation. You choose to allow yourself to become angry. You choose to allow yourself to move into that place of anger. Then you choose to do something with that emotion. Will you act upon it? How will you respond? Let's take a look tonight at, again at the book of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is speaking here and he says this. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, anybody ever guilty, don't raise your hand. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Wow. We've all heard murder is wrong. I would venture to say there's not a single one of us in this room tonight that would disagree that if you murder, you should be punished. But Jesus takes it a bit deeper here. He says there's a, a deeper heart issue, a, a condition going on on the inside. In fact, if you even get angry, be careful. Why? Well, look what happens. You begin to call people idiots. You call them fools. You begin to curse them. Your heart gets darker and darker and darker. This, in fact, leads to a murderous spirit. So right from the start, we needed to de determine something. Is anger a sin? Hmm, that's a good question. You're correct. Anger is not a sin. How we respond to it determines whether we sin or not. See, even God got angry. Deuteronomy chapter 9 says, even at Mount Sinai, or some translations say Horeb, you made the Lord so angry he was ready to destroy you. Later on in verse 20, it says, the Lord was so angry with Aaron that he wanted to destroy him too. But I prayed for Aaron and the Lord spared him. Anger is simply an emotion. 
It's caused by something occurring that displeases us. Something happening in our lives that we're not real happy about. We all have a a myriad of emotions. Things that as humans we're allowed to process through on a daily basis. Anger is simply one of those emotions. Now, what we do with that anger, that's the game changer. After all, we read in Ephesians chapter 4, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Tonight, I want to talk with you for the next few moments, and I want to take a look at this emotion and how does it affect each and every one of us tonight. I want to look at the emotion of anger Tonight, maybe you're here and you say, well, pastor, I've got an anger problem, but I'm okay. It's how I've always been. I've got some anger issue. I have a really short fuse. I get mad really fast, but that's just how my family is. It's how mom is. It's how dad is, how grandpa was. Would you hold on to that thought? We're going to come back to that at the end of the message tonight. Three realizations of anger. Number one, anger is simply the roots. Anger is simply the root. Again, Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Anger is an automatic, spontaneous response to having our will hindered or our life interfered with. However, anger has the potential of taking you to a much darker place than you ever planned to go. Anger is a feeling that grabs us physically and moves us immediately toward interfering with and possibly even harming those that have interfered with us. Are you following that? I know that was a lot of Big words jumped all together. I want to read that one more time. Anger is a feeling that grabs us physically and moves us immediately toward an interfering with and possibly even harming with those who have interfered with us. So the primary function of anger is to alert me to the fact that something is obstructing my will. That's why we say, you made me so angry. You, you pushed that button. You, you hit that alarm. You, you raised some awareness in my life that, that I'm not real happy right now. Immediately the alarms begin to go off. Resistance takes place. It's a normal God-given function. But it can quickly become some, something very dark and something very evil. We'll discuss this at the end of the message as well. Jesus alluded to this in the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments, he says this, Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder. But here we see Jesus going a bit deeper. He brought to the surface the attitude of the heart that can lead to an unthinkable action. Look at our text again. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the courts. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Do you see the downward 
spiral. Each stage gets darker and darker. Solomon, the wisest man ever to live on the earth, made this statement. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. People with great understanding, with wisdom, they've learned how to to conquer their anger. They've learned to take control of the anger. But the individual that allows anger to rule their lives is walking in a very foolish area. Foolishness has set in. It's a nice, polite way to say it. But I love how the message paraphrase reads. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles, say it with me, stupidity. True? Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. I would venture to say that there is not a soul in this room that would ever consider murder as an option. Looking across this room, I know many of you pretty well. In the course of our conversations, I would venture to say that there's not a single one of you would say, you know what, I I consider murder. I might just off them if I need to. I don't believe there's a single one of us that would ever consider murder an option. But did you know that anger is generally the root cause that leads to murder? Many murders are committed out of rage and hatred for another person. Jesus is going back to the heart, to the real issue. Instead of saying, thou shalt not murder, he says, control the anger that leads to such violence. By the way, did you know there's also other ways to kill besides physically? You can destroy somebody verbally that quick. You don't believe me, I want you to think back, what is that? thing that happened in your childhood, somebody somebody said something, and it's changed the course of your life from that day forward. Maybe it was a teacher that says, you know what, you're not very smart, are you? Maybe it was that gym teacher said, you're not cut out for this stuff, are you? Maybe it was that music teacher said, you just can't sing. Maybe it was that parent that said, you're stupid. And it changed the course of your life from that day forward. I was actually in church with a guy several years ago. And we were talking about worshiping in church. And he said, yeah, you'll never hear me sing. And I'm like, why? He said, well, I, I can't sing. Because I had a teacher one time that told me I couldn't sing, so I don't sing. I'm like, but there's a difference between singing a special or singing on the worship team and worshiping God. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It doesn't matter what you sound like. Give God praise. Nothing just thrills my heart. And I find myself sometimes just kind of overjoyed when I hear somebody that just can't sing a lick. And they are just going to town. And they're giving God praise. And I'm like, that's it. That's that's what God's talking about. An uninhibited praise. A longing just to give God glory and not having a single care about anybody else. That was free because I had nothing to do with this message. 
Words can be damaging. Words can harm you. Words can take you off course. Not a single one of us would consider murder. But Jesus says, I'm going to look a little further, a little deeper. I'm going to look at the heart of the issue. Control the anger that leads to such violence. Go back to our story. Cain and Abel have just gone out into the field. Cain is jealous of his brother Abel. Abel has brought the, the perfect sacrifice. So God, anybody, any of you have that perfect sibling that you just could not measure up to? My brother had that guy. <laughs> you guys are quick to catch on tonight. Good job. That was kind of what was happening. You know, so, so here Abel brings this perfect sacrifice, and Cain, he just kind of went, you know, carrot, squash, cucumber. The cucumber was broken in half. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a little makeshift sacrifice, and he brings it to God. God accepts Abel's sacrifice, but doesn't accept Cain's, and tells Cain, man, if you really want to be accepted, you got to do what's right. But Cain is a little infuriated with his brother. Why is Abel always the chosen child? Why is Abel always the one doing what is right? Why can't I measure up to Abel? Why am I always in Abel's shadow? You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not justifying Cain's behavior. I'm just telling you probably what was going through his mind. So he takes his brother out in the field again, what they probably had done hundreds of times, but this time around was a little different. Cain took out his rage upon his brother Abel. He murdered his brother. Then there's a conversation between Cain and the Lord. God said, why are you so angry? Why, did you, why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. If you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Here we see a choice must be made. What are we going to do with the anger that's swelling up on the inside? Cain had a choice to make. He was jealous of his brother. How would he respond? So yes, anger is a natural response, but it has a devastative, a destructive side to it. It has a side that can hurt people. It has a side that can hinder our relationship with God. The root issue goes deeper than just an emotion. It is a characteristic of the heart's. That if fed, it's hanging out around the corner, ready to take control, ready to jump in, ready to destroy not only you, but your entire situation. But ultimately, destroy your relationship with God. Look at our second realization. Anger can quickly escalate. There seems to be a a progression or a level of anger that can lead to bigger problems and cause more damage to everyone involved. The actual word here for idiots is the word raka. Everybody say raka. Which was an Aramaic word that was used to express disapproval of someone and mark them as detestable. 
It literally means this. You empty-headed man, you are worthless. It's marking that person as detestable. You're empty-headed. There's nothing happening between your ears. You're worthless to society. There's really no point in you being around. When you are angry, you typically want to hurt the other individual in some way. Maybe it's emotionally or physically or, or financially. You say things on the fly. You do things that maybe later you regret. When I feel contempt, I don't care whether you hurt me or not. I'm going to get back at you. I have disregard for your feelings because you have made me mad. I disapprove. I raka you. You have no more worth. You're empty-headed. You're detestable. But here's the bigger issue. Look what happens with Cain. He allows his disapproval of his brother, Abel. He allows this anger and this jealousy to escalate. Now, there's a difference between typical sibling rivalry. Any of you ever have any rival moments, any spout out with your your siblings, or maybe, maybe your kids, right? There's a difference between that and what transpired here. You see, Cain allowed that to take control of his life. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out in the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. We can see the anger begin to escalate in Cain's life. Not only does he kill his brother, but look at this. Look at his response of anger to God. I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? Am I my brother's keeper? He's a big boy. Let him take care of himself. Not my problem. Not my issue. I have crops to take care of, remember? Right? What we're talking about here is how do you respond To not only God, but to God's creation. See, man was made in in God's image. And as such, every human possesses value and worth. Genesis 1.27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What do I see in this verse? Everyone has value. Because we're created in the very image of God. This is where our value lies. Not in our flesh and bones. But because who created us and how he created us. 
It's where everyone's value lies. Now, why is calling someone an idiot or a fool so serious? This attitude or feeling has the potential of escalating further and further, taking us to a place of seemingly no return. It moves from a feeling to an attitude, to words, then to action. Jesus said, you could be in danger of the very fires of hell. So here's a question that I have for you. How far have you given yourself permission to go when you get angry? Think about that. How far have you given yourself permission to go when you get angry? Jesus says, even if you call someone an idiot, when you begin to curse them, and now we find Cain murdering his very own brother. Oh, pastor, I would never murder somebody. Would you curse at him? Would you call him an idiot? See, what, what we're talking about here is a heart issue. That's the issue in our society today. Can I get on a little side tangent here? Let me, let me step onto the, out of the preaching mode into a, a side box here. The issue in our country is not a gun issue. It's a heart issue. Cain didn't use a gun to kill his brother. It's a heart issue. So that's a whole side, side note there for you. Just, it's free of charge. So, How far have you given yourself permission to grow when you get angry? What boundaries have you established for your anger? Why is it so important that, or what is so important that you would choose somebody out or spit them out or strike them out? Is it pride? Is it reputation? Is it dominance? Is it the need to be right, to look good in front of other people? What is it that brings you to that place? When we devalue another person by who the way by who the way was created in the very image of God, I believe that we're actually disrespecting God Himself. Let me say that again. When we devalue another person who was created in the image of God, every one of us are, we are actually disrespecting. God himself. And I believe that we will answer for those actions and the attitude that we possess when we stand before him. I am sure that you have made this statement before, and I've talked about this earlier in the message. You have made me so angry. Again, no one can make you angry. You have full control over your emotional response. You have full control over your behavior. The question is, how will you choose to respond when someone chooses to push the buttons in your life? Cain chose to take matters into his own hands. He chose to allow his anger to take him to the next place of murdering his brother. But here's what I've discovered. God looks deeper than the actions. He looks to our hearts. 
Before it ever turns into murder, it begins with a thought. Then an insulting word. Then an insulting action. Then into violence. Don't feed this faulty emotion. Let me say that again. Don't feed this faulty emotion. You may have an issue with anger. Deal with it on the front side so you're not reaping the, thank you, the aftermath when it's all said and done. Deal with it on the front side. As a child of God, you are to be a representative with your words, with your actions, with all that you say and do. Realization number three, anger must be managed. But pastor, this is just how I am. Pastor, I just have a short fuse. I get angry really fast. I've always been this way, pastor. I've been this way for the last 45 years. I've been this way my entire life. Can I give you some advice? Stop. Just stop. This may be who you used to be, but it's not who you have to be. The Bible is very clear that when you give your life to Christ, you are a new creation. The old man is gone, and now the new man is here. So either you are his or you are not. Amen. Somebody said amen. Did you hear that? I don't know who that was. Either you're his or you're not. Either you're a new creation or you're not. Either you're changed or you're not. But that's how I've always been. Don't stay there. Satan wants nothing more than to get you to stay where you used to be in your before Christ days. But God has sent Jesus so that you might be free, completely free. Stop allowing the old sinful nature to rule your life. Ephesians 4, 26, we read a portion of this earlier. Let me read it in its completion. Don't sin by letting sin control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work, and then give generously to those in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. What does this section of Ephesians tell us? It simply says, reroute your anger. Reroute your emotions. Realize that you have been forgiven. God has identified you as his. It's time to begin to shake off the things that are holding you back, to get rid of the bitterness, to get rid of the rage, to get rid of the harsh words, to get rid of the slander, and yes, get rid of the anger, any form of evil behavior. 
whether you think you can justify it or not. If it does not line up with who God is, it should not define who you are. If it doesn't line up with who he is, it should not define who you are. That verse goes on to say this, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Jesus calls us to seek out reconciliation, both for your sake and for the individual who is angry with you. If they are angry with you and it's allowed to build and fester, it will lead you down a path of destruction. Look at James chapter 1, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I've said this before, God gave you two ears and one mouth. That tells me that we need to listen twice as much as we speak. Yes? I mean, he could have put a mouth on each side and a big ear right in the middle. But he chose to put two ears and one mouth. We need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Offenses in life will come. There will be people that just offend you. But we must not allow that to blind us to the value that God has placed on every human that he's created. When we hate those God created in his image, we are indirectly showing contempt to God. We must learn to forgive as God has forgiven us. Is that easy? No, not a bit. Because can I be honest with you? There are times that people just irritate me. I'm just being honest with you. But I don't think I'm alone. So what do I do? Say, God, would you help me? Because right now I've had it up to here with them. Oh, but pastor, you're the pastor. You're not supposed to get irritated with people. Really? Then quit irritating me. No, just kidding. <laughs> so we turn it over to God. We, we release it to him. We, we don't wallow around in that. There are times that this can be difficult. But it's important to remember that offenses can cut you off from God's presence. Look at this, Genesis chapter 4. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. Did you know that there's always a punishment, a consequence for the wrong that you do in life? Sin comes at a cost. For Cain, the price was steep. He was banished from his home. He was separated from God. This is not the life that God had called us to live. He's called us to follow his lead in forgiveness and love. 
I don't want to dive too much into forgiveness. We covered that extensively last Sunday morning on Easter. I would encourage you, go back and listen to the message on forgiveness from Easter Sunday morning. You can find it on the, on the website. You can find it on Facebook. But tap into what God shared with us that day about forgiveness. Ephesians 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, look at your neighbor, say instead. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. One translation says it this way. Make a clean break. It's time to cut it off. It's time to move in the relationship that God has set before you. Let's recap. Is anger sin? No. It's okay. No, anger is not sin. It becomes a sin when we allow it to take us down a road that is contrary to the ways of God. It's not enough to simply not kill somebody. It's better that you don't kill somebody, but that's not enough. If your anger is controlling you, then you are completely out of harmony with God. Listen carefully. If you allow your anger to control you, you are completely out of harmony with God. It's time to live the life that God has called you to live, to start to make a clean break, to rid yourself of that which is contrary to God and clothe yourself in all that he has for you today. Take a look at what he said. God looked at Cain and he said, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is, say it with me, right. You'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it. Romans chapter 13 says this. Clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. You see, here's what I've discovered. The more that we clothe ourselves in who God is, the less that that old sinful nature appears. Why? Because we've clothed ourselves righteousness of God I would encourage you tonight in those moments when anger wants to take root turn to God give God full control of your life eliminate any and all foothold opportunities that you've given to the enemy and let God consume you from this day forward it's time to to clothe yourself with God.